0: At the beginning of the job interview process, you're just a piece of paper. Another resume submitted for the gig. You get piled up with the other papers and before you even know it, you've been placed into one of two piles, the no's or the yes's. This is the show all about getting you into the yes pile. Hey, welcome to the yes pile. The show that helps you transform your professional persona to land you where else? in the yes pile of candidates for your dream job. I'm your host, Tessa Wolf. I'm a recovering corporate manager turned career coach. I've coached hundreds of professionals in my career and I've interviewed thousands more. And now I'm here to help you navigate this brave new world and to provide you with simple and actionable advice for success at any stage of your career. My goal, help you land your perfect job and then kick ass at it. So whether you're putting off drafting that resume, actively on the job hunt, navigating hurdles in your current role, or considering a complete career switch, I'm here to share my best tips and tricks to position you for success. So today I am super excited to share five simple things you can do to level up your resume to help you land that job of your dreams. So. Before we do again, I just want to ask, raise your hand if you feel like writing your resume is pretty much on equal footing with going to the dentist. Yep, it's pretty painful. So why is it that we find writing our resume just so challenging? I don't care who you are or what you do for a living, writing your own resume is just such a challenge. And even updating your current resume is really hard. Finding a way to talk about what we do, all that you're capable of, and everything you've accomplished feels so overwhelming. It's impossible to even know where to begin. And honestly, that's how I got my start in coaching, helping people who didn't know where to start when it came to their own resumes. And so today I'm extra excited to share five simple steps you can take to level up your resume today to just make it eons better than where it is at this exact moment. I guarantee it. So whether you're in between jobs, going for that dream job or applying for that internal promotion, now is always the right time to get your resume or your LinkedIn profile for that matter in tip top shape. Truly now's the time. And these five easy steps are my go to with all of my clients. We start here and it makes an absolute world of difference. So these five steps we're gonna walk through today, they're really intended to help you better define yourself as a professional, shine a light on your key skills and help you stand out from the pack. Those are the things that we want these steps to help you accomplish. Now, on that note, did you know that on average, a hiring manager will only give your resume about an eight second glance, eight seconds. That's legit, you guys. Somehow you've got to make your skills leap off of that page, prove you're the most qualified person for the job, and demonstrate your personality and tenacity in less time than it takes to sing the first three lines of watermelon sugar. Think about that. So for today, the focus is all about taking simple action that will help make those eight seconds count. So let's dive in. Tip number one, step one, give yourself a title. You are worthy of a title just like the Royals and Elton John. So while you probably would love to have a title like HBIC or funniest person in any meeting, I know I would, let's get serious about the title on your resume. So a strategically placed title on your resume really helps the reader understand your expertise. And remember, We only have those eight seconds of their time. So everything we do is with that in mind. And a title is no different. Let's be clear, this isn't the title for the job you're applying for, guys. This is your own professional title. It is the summation of what you do and how you do it. So it could be, for example, experienced sales lead generator or savvy social media manager or award-winning content production supervisor. Your title should not just say, what does you do, but also give that reader an immediate sense for how you do it. So for example, are you a senior level professional? Then include a simple word like accomplished or veteran or experienced, the list goes on and on. Another great one, if you can, and you heard me drop it in the initial example is award-winning. If you've actually won an award specific to your industry, make that claim. But again, only if you've really won an award and only if it's relevant. So like, sadly, the neighborhood chili cook-off champ isn't as impressive as you would think it would be on your resume. So stick to things that make sense. And also, if you're brand new and you maybe don't have a ton of experience, but you're really excited and ambitious, that's great. Use words like inspired and innovative to convey that you've got a lot of great ideas and fresh thinking. Just remember, as you're creating your title, be specific. Your title is what it is you do and how you do it. Now you might be wondering, where does the title go? What do I do with this now that I've given myself a title? And ideally a title goes at the top of your resume, just underneath your name. But don't forget, you also have other fingerprints out there in the digital landscape that talk about your professional experience. So let's put this on your cover letter. Let's also get it on your LinkedIn profile. And if you have a professional website, let's make sure it's there too. Cool, so step one, give yourself a title. Now, step two out of our five for leveling up your resume today, give yourself a bio. So now that you've given yourself an impactful title, it's time to tell the people who you are. Yes, you need a bio for your resume. You really do. If a hiring manager reads anything, it will be the first two sentences of your bio. And hopefully, honestly, it's so good that they keep on reading. So it's important to create a powerful and pointed bio that tells them what we want them to know right out of the gate. Now, I know, We've covered this. It's really hard to know where to start when it comes to writing a bio for yourself. So here are a few tips I have to help you focus your energy. One, keep it simple. A bio is where we'll convey your expertise in simple, straightforward language. Two, keep it short. A bio on your resume is not your historical memoir. It's your elevator pitch. It's positioning you for the job you want and in a succinct way. A longer form bio is a great tool on your professional website, or even in some instances, your LinkedIn, but you don't need a big long form bio at the top of your resume. Number three, play into your strengths. So your bio really needs to use words you believe are your biggest strengths. So whether that's leadership, problem solving, doing, communicating, or whatever it is you do best and are wanting to do more of, needs to go here. Those words need to be present. The next tip I have for writing your bio is think ahead. So while it's important to establish what you've done in your career to date, it's equally important to write a bio with your future in mind. So we want to show that all of this great experience you have has positioned you perfectly for the job you want to do next. So if you have a lot of experience with budget reconciles but you hate budget reconciles, then maybe don't focus your time on talking about budgets in your bio. You feel me? Instead, focus on the things you do very well that you actually enjoy doing and want to do more of. Let's highlight that. And then lastly, when you think about writing your bio, my last tip here is write for the reader. Remember that whole eight second thing? Oh yeah. (laughs) That? <laughs> well, we've got to make the intro sentences in your bio count. It's paramount to establish your tenure and your expertise as it relates to the type of job you want in the first two sentences of that bio. If you don't hook them there, they will not keep reading. So make sure you cover the most important qualifying information right from the start and make it provocative enough that the reader will want to keep on reading. That's the tip for the bio. Cool. So step number three, guys, we've already tackled one. We're giving ourselves a title to writing a bio. So right away we have a powerful position at the top of our resume. And now number three is what I call work those keywords. So you've given yourself this title, you positioned yourself, hopefully in your bio for the job you want. But now it's time to make sure that the story of your work experience really delivers on that same vision. So your brand new bio and title created a lens for which you'll be viewed as the reader continues to skim the contents of your resume. And hopefully those key strengths that you made sure to highlight in your bio are now repeated throughout your experience. So what we need to do is make sure that the rest of the resume matches that same story And again, knowing you only have eight seconds, I know. Let's make sure the keywords are intentionally repeated throughout each job summary. And I do mean repetition. Repetition is key. So be mindful here that where and how you use your keywords are important. Don't just sprinkle them around like confetti. But find a home for those skills that are most relevant to you in your future, particularly in your recent roles. Make sure you're demonstrating in the language that you've done those things over and over again, that you're experienced and comfortable with them and well-versed. So for example, if you said you were a strategic leader in your bio, you also need to have strategically led teams in the past. Let's make sure those keywords exist in your experience section and preferably in more than one place. And honestly, you may have to spend some time thinking about your past jobs a bit to find the best way to integrate those keywords and phrases, but trust me, invest the time to do this now. It's absolutely worth it because if you get called in for an interview for an exciting new opportunity, it will be critical to be able to speak to your past work through the filter of what it takes to do this new job that you're applying for so that's step number three which is work those keywords make sure the most important skills you want to sell are sprinkled intentionally throughout your past work experience cool all right guys we've given ourselves a title we've written a bio we've worked those keywords our Biggest skills are really shining on the page. Now, step number four is about decluttering your space. So, let's be real. There is nothing more frustrating for a hiring manager than to pick up a resume and not know where to start reading. Too many columns, too much copy, icons everywhere. It's a visual puzzle they simply don't have time to solve. So don't be guilty of owning an overcredited resume. Trust me, it is possible to convey five, 10, 20 years or more of experience into a streamlined and simplified resume. So let's all take a deep breath and Marie Kondo this ish because we can get this looking really sharp and simplified. So our goal is to think about simplifying the space, so the physical space on the page and the content within your resume. And these are really the two areas we want to address in our quest to declutter, the content and the layout. So let's start with the content because you've just spent time with it, right? You've just gone through all your experience to make sure those keywords are there. So the very first piece of advice I have for you is simple yet bold, cut the copy. That's right, just take a red pen and start editing. And it is okay to not be a writer, an editor, or a wordsmith. You can still edit your own resume. So start simply by just removing words that don't mean anything, or removing sentences that don't actually say anything. Streamline your sentences by removing words and rewriting to get to the point faster. Remove extra adjectives that aren't working hard for you and cut that character count down. And in that process, you'll very likely start intuitively working on the second step here, which is really simplifying the experience details. So I want you to remember something when you look at how you've written out your past experience on your resume. This is not your personal memoir. You don't need to capture every chapter. This is a highlight reel. Celebrate the most important responsibilities, victories, and wins. Keep it high level. Bullet your lists. Use numbers and figures and give enough detail to demonstrate that you're a pro, you've got the goods, and make the reader want to know even more, aka get that interview booked. (laughs) So if you have a standout moment that you really want to celebrate. Something that no other candidate will have and you must share, like a major award or a huge win you scored for the company. Consider adding a section around accolades or achievements and give a very brief descriptor of that win and then drive the reader maybe to a professional website or your LinkedIn to learn more. And your brief descriptor should include the award name and the year, or if it's more about a big accomplishment or win at work, Tie a number to it, like earnings or percentage of growth that was achieved. The more specific the details, uh, the better. And the most specific details need to stay, so don't cut out the numbers, the facts, the figures. And let me tell you, I know this one is challenging, and this is probably my biggest piece of I guess, actionable feedback that I give the majority of clients on their resume is they want to tell the full professional story on their paper. And it's just not possible. You, in person, when you get that interview opportunity, that's when you tell the depth and breadth of your story. Your resume, again, is your highlight reel. It's the hard facts and figures, the hard capabilities, the hard skills you bring to the table that really make you, I guess, a fruitful employee that contributes to the bottom line and a wonderful team member that can build to the company culture. So I just want you to think about it through that lens. It's a highlight reel. Now, we talked about cleaning up the content, right? So we've streamlined the content, but now let's talk about the layout. So very few of us are designers here, right? And that's okay. You can still get an awesome looking resume without the help of a pro. I always tell people, just start with what you have. And if you don't know, Word, Google Docs, and the wonderful internet all contain tons of free resume templates you can use, a lot of them really nice. And if you are able to spend a little bit of money, check out Etsy for some really beautiful editable templates made by independent designers. And a lot of them are available for $10 or $20. So you're paying an indie designer directly for their work. And now you have a gorgeous custom resume. So it's definitely something to think about. And honestly, if you're really looking to invest, hire a pro, like I said before, I got started in coaching by helping people update and streamline their resumes a decade ago. And I actually still do this every day for people. There are loads of resume experts out there who offer custom packages for reasonable prices and can help you with everything from content to design. But for today, let's start with the resume you have now and get to tidying it up. So here are a few simple things you can do to make your resume look even more polished than it already is. So the first thing, fix your fonts, people. So stick to a single font type, or if you are someone who's a little stylistically inclined, sure, mix it up with two fonts, but use them strategically and consistently. So for example, use one font for your section titles and the other for your body copy. Keep it simple and be consistent. The second thing as you start to tidy up that landscape on your resume is give yourself some breathing room. Visually, give the content some space. So include a horizontal line between your header and your resume content. Add an extra space between sections and jobs. Bold your section title. For that matter, please tell me you have a section title. Let's make sure we're titling sections, bolding the font and giving space between sections so the content can breathe. And then to the point of spacing, manage your spacing appropriately, right? Don't make it really small, like half a point spaced and don't make it like three point spaced. A great size that I use on a lot of resumes is 1.15 or 1.5. Those both allow for a good amount of content on the page without overcrowding the content. And then my last tip as we think about tidying up the layout of that resume is reorganize. So guys, a great layout can make all the difference in terms of how the content of your resume is digested. So your resume should be comprised of various parts that work together to tell one big story. And as you can see in a variety of resume templates available out there in the world, There are some really basic sections that help us do this. And these are basic sections everyone should have on the resume. So first your name and your title, right? Then your contact info, how do they reach you? An email and a phone number absolutely should be included. And I know way back when we were putting addresses on our resumes, we don't do that so much anymore, but you can definitely put your metro area. So if I'm in Seattle, then I put Seattle, Washington as my area. And even if you're outside of the metro area, put the biggest city or the area where you're maybe willing to travel within. Now let's put that beautiful bio on there that should go right at the top of your resume to introduce yourself to the reader before they see anything else from there we need to go to the work experience section. And that's where you tell the chronology of all the great jobs you've had in the past. And remember, these have been revised to really highlight those keywords and key skills you want the reader to claim from your experience that reinforce the title and the bio you've now written. And then education, don't forget your education. Let's put education and certification on there. So whether you have a college degree, or whether you're certified in your field, or maybe you've completed a continuing education course, whatever it is, give yourself credit. So there's also another section after you've kind of completed those mandatory sections that we just talked about, your name and title, contact info, bio, work experience and education. There's a whole slew of other things I kind of consider plus ups. So nice to haves. If you have the details to go with these, yeah, add them to your resume. So we talked about awards and accolades earlier. So if you won an award relevant to your industry or had a major achievement in a past job, let's create a section where you can highlight your wins. And I would just say to you, if you're thinking about building this, if you only have one award or accolade and it's not major, maybe leave it off of the resume or find a way to include it in that specific jobs, experience detail, but if you've won a couple of awards or achieved a couple of internal wins that really helped the bottom line for the company, and when we see a couple, let's say three or more, definitely build a section where you can showcase that. Another great plus-up section to consider is committees you've served on or volunteer work. So how you participate in and build culture at work is really important to hiring managers. So if you're active in your community or you've historically been active in various cultural groups at your past job, whether that's volunteering to throw the Christmas party or organizing a fun run, whatever it might be, that's really interesting to employers. They're looking for engaged employees and people that really care and are invested in the company. So definitely showcase that. And then related, community engagement. Are you serving on the board for a nonprofit in town? Do you volunteer for the PTA? Are you very active in community politics and causes? Call that out, talk about your civic interests and what you do in your free time to make your community a better place to live. For all the reasons we're talking about, the committees and activities you might have done in your past jobs, it's equally important to the hiring manager to see all the great stuff you're doing in your free time. It really demonstrates a little bit about your personal value, how you prioritize time, and how you really commit to things bigger than yourself, which are all super interesting to hiring managers and companies. And then the last kind of plus-up section is something people ask me about frequently, and that's references, right? So sometimes people will proactively put references on their resume, or they might just write references available upon request. And I think, frankly, both are okay. I think if you're proactively providing references, please list a minimum of two, ideally three. And also make sure that it's okay with those individuals before they are put on your resume, do the courtesy call to make sure they're comfortable with their information being shared. And if you're not going to practically do it, just writing the line, references available upon request is a great way to just give a nod to the fact there are some people in your corner who are willing to back you up. Okay, cool. So we've gone through four steps. The final step, step five, proof, proof, proof. So <laughs> there is nothing worse than a great resume with bad grammar or even worse a spelling error seriously guys I have read thousands of resumes and I can tell you that I have discarded many because of a spelling error or the misuse of the word there or are these are hard facts so the most important thing you can do after you've done all of this great work to make your resume sing and shine and now it looks beautiful is proof that baby And don't just prove your resume, honestly, while you're at it. I want you proofing your cover letter and your job application and all of those things. But today we're talking about resumes. So when I say proof your resume, what I really mean is proof it for a couple of things. The first one is spelling. Make sure everything is spelled correctly and that there are no stray letters or typos. There is always one bad boy in there, no matter what you do. There's one. So know that ahead of time, scour your resume and get him out. The second thing I want you to prove for is punctuation. Do you need a period at the end of that sentence? Make sure you are consistent in using periods at the end of your bulleted list. And the truth to that is you either do it every time or you don't do it at all. There's no in between. Also coming from someone who is famous for overusing exclamation points, please remove them from your resume. The only punctuation that should be on there is a period. And the next thing I want you to prove it for is grammar and style so do a grammar review using tools in Word or Google Docs and make sure that your style is consistent do not go in and out of first-person make sure your tone of voice stays strong throughout the entire resume and then lastly you should be proofing it for content one more time I know you've already reviewed it but did you say what you wanted to? Is anything missing? Is everything correct, like your dates, your titles, locations, percentages, etc.? One last proof to make sure your content is 100% correct. And I do always tell clients and friends, proof your resume using a program like Word or Google Docs. Make sure you don't just rely on the auto-proofing feature, but run a manual spell and grammar check on your document using these programs. And then, trust me on this, Put your resume away for at least a day to give yourself space, and then proof it again using your own eyes. I'm telling you, do not proof this after you've been working on it for a while. Your magical brain will fill in missing words, gleam over incorrect spellings, and recall what you meant to say versus reading what you actually wrote. Trust me, put it away, pick it back up tomorrow, and consciously read it through. And then lastly, send it to a friend who can proof it for you, someone you trust to read it, have them mark it up, have them help you. An outsider who doesn't know every detail of your experience will actually have to read the page and can help you catch any remaining errors that might be on there. And if you can afford to, there are many proofreading pros out there who will review your resume and help you correct it for cheap and is worth every penny. So that's it guys. That's my five key steps towards leveling up your resume. And I promise you, just by completing these five simple steps, your resume will be in better shape than ever. Be more focused and personalized to you and your key strengths and will be better positioned to catch the eye of the hiring manager for that job that you're after. Now, as an extra bonus for everyone listening out there, I actually have turned these five key steps we just talked about today into a free online mini course that's available for you right now. The course walks you through each of these five steps we just covered in detail. So if you missed taking notes, it's all there for you. And it actually contains bonus real world examples of job titles, bios, and even more details on how to edit and approach your resume alongside some helpful tips and ideas for, for positioning you for success. So to score access to the free mini course, just go to my website, tessawolf.com and click on the virtual coaching center and there's a link right there that will take you to all the content we cover today, plus some really helpful bonus features. Okay, so something I do every episode is take a real-life question from you and answer it. And today's question comes from Teresa, and it's an honest one. (laughs) In a world of online submissions and resume uploads, do I really need a cover letter? I love this question. This is a great question, Teresa. And I totally get why she asked it, you guys. It seems like we live in a world of the upload, right? Just apply with one click, submit your resume here, or copy and paste your resume sections into our handy form. Ugh, if you want to tell your story, if you wanna showcase why they should consider you, why you should be in the yes pile of candidates, then a cover letter is truly a fantastic way to marry the story of your experience and the passions and skill set and ambitions of the job of your dreams. A well-done cover letter cements your role as the perfect candidate for the job, and it also kind of sets the table for the resume they're about to see. So I tell all of my clients to have one on hand at all times and always submit it as page one of their resume upload. That's right, so if you're just uploading your resume on their handy site, Make your cover letter part of a single document on those submission uploads. Your cover letter is page one of your resume. So it goes page one, cover letter, page two and onward, resume detail. Now, I know a cover letter is just as hard to make as a resume, right? Don't worry, I will be sharing my exact winning formula for crafting a kick-ass cover letter in an upcoming episode, so stay tuned for that. But my answer to Teresa and all of you is yes. You still need a cover letter. All right, guys. So that is our episode for today. And I hope it was super helpful. You know, in the meantime, I'd love to hear from you on how it's going. Please feel free to drop me a line at connectattessawolf.com or message me on Instagram at the Yes Pal podcast. Let me know. What can I help you with? What's the hardest part of the job search and interview preparation? What's holding you back at work today? Your questions will be tomorrow's episodes, so do reach out and let me know how I can help. And speaking of next episodes, in our next, we're going to be talking about keeping that motivation and focus while working from home, something so many of us are doing and have been doing for the past year. So be sure to tune in next week for tips, tricks, and best practices for helping you perform your best while working at home. Before we go, if today was at all helpful for you and you learned something from the work we did together, please do me a favor and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling extra inspired and generous, please give us a rating and review. For more career advice, inspiration, and fun, follow us on Instagram at the YesPile Podcast. Until next time, cheers, everyone.